Colossians, where Paul said, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Uh, last week, we talked about, you know, prayer, why bother? Is it really worth bothering? And hopefully you went away thinking, oh, this is absolutely worth bothering about. And hopefully this week you've been praying as well. Today we continue to look at, you know, the mystery of unanswered prayer. Why is it that sometimes our prayers aren't answered, it seems? Why don't we come together this morning, church, and let's pray now. Oh God, our Father, we just want to say how great you are and how good it is to be part of your family. God, you made us, you formed us, you created us. Even before we were born, you knit us together in our mother's womb. And God, we just know that this morning our lives are not just a chance or a, or a happening that occurred without your knowledge. God, you, are, you put us together and you placed us here on earth. And we just want to praise you this morning, God, that we know you, that you've revealed yourself to us and that we've responded. And now we call you Father. Now we call you our God, the one who is the Lord, the master, the, the one we respond to and follow in our lives. Oh God, it's good to be known as your, your people, your people on earth. And we, your church this morning, just rejoice in the relationship that we have with you, our God our Father. We come this morning, God, and we just want to pray. We want to cry out to you and pray that, God, you would be glorified in our church, that as we live each day reading your word and praying to you and as we, as we seek to just deal with any sin in our life and, can, and confess it to you and receive your forgiveness, as we uh, take bold steps of faith, believing that you are able, God, we pray that you would advance your church. We pray that our church would make an impact on the lives of people as you touch, change and transform lives. God, we pray that this city, Wodonga, the city of Albury, would really be at a loss if we were to not be here. God, we pray our influence would be such that we would matter so incredibly to this community and to this town. God, we pray that people that come from far in would come to know you as they come and be part of this fellowship. God, we want to pray for people in our family today who are sick and we lift them up before you. And God, we pray that you would be healing them, that you'll be working in their bodies and that you would be um, making them well. God, we know that you're able to do this. We don't doubt your ability to do this. So God, we pray for healing. God, we pray for strength in the midst of times when we might not see that happening, to keep believing and to keep looking to you. And God, for times when we don't hear your answers or don't see what you might be wanting to do in a situation, we pray that we would keep trusting you and keep knowing that you are good. So God, right in these moments, we just lift up those people that we know who need your touch this morning, whether it be for sickness, whether it be people that are feeling um, really, really down, uh, who are grieving loss of loved ones, those who are facing big things that we know in their lives. Right now in these quiet moments, we just lift them up to you. And God, this morning for our world, we want to pray. We just thank you for talks of, 
peace um, deals that have been made in Israel and Lebanon. And we just pray for, for that there would be peace, uh, God, that the violence and the killing of innocent lives would not continue. And God, we just want to continue to pray that as we live our lives, your kingdom come and your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Uh, when it comes to prayer, there's a real mystery, isn't there, when our prayers are unanswered. Sometimes when we pray and we don't get answers, we would feel and cry out like the psalmist did in Psalm 94 and verse 9. He, he said, Is the one who made your ears deaf? Is the one who formed your eyes blind? And sometimes when we pray, we think, God, if you actually made my ears, surely you can hear. And if you actually made my eyes, surely you can see what's going on. And we cry out, God, God, can't you hear? I uh, went to a bakery one day, a bakery not so far from here, and I ordered some pies and a bun and they were given straight to me. Then I paid my money and I walked out. It was great. Then the next time I went, I went and I ordered bacon and egg croissant and a cafe latte. And they said, take a seat. And they gave me this little plastic pager. And I went and I sat down and I waited. And after a little while, seemed just be not too long at all, my little buzzer went bzzz, And I went back and there I was given my cafe latte and my egg and bacon croissant. Another day I went to this same bakery and uh, it was quite busy. So I ordered and they gave me the buzzer and I went and I sat there and I waited and I waited and I waited and the buzzer didn't actually even go off. And so eventually I went up to them and I said, look, I've ordered uh, these things and the buzzer hasn't gone off. And they said, oh, sorry, we've, we've, mis we've misplaced your order. We'll just do that now. Sorry again. And uh, I thought, no wonder my requests weren't answered. My prayer got lost. In the, uh, my request got lost in the system. <laughs> but sometimes it feels like our prayers get lost in the system, isn't it? And we've got to ask, is God like a big bakery? Is God like a, uh, a place that sometimes answers our uh, requests one way or another? Well, you know, God's different to a bakery, of course. He has all power. He can give us anything. Um, there's nothing beyond his power. Uh, he's not slow to hear. He's never too busy. But God does give us some different answers to prayer. It seems that Australians pray an awful lot. You know, whenever I talk to people, whether they're far from uh, regular church attendance or whether they have just a little bit of faith or a lot, they actually say that they pray. Regularly, I think many Australians pray when they're in times of trouble. Many Australians pray when things are, are going well and they want God to help them more. Many people pray for safety. Many people pray for health. But when I think about all the prayers that go up in Australia, I think, why is it? 
that it seems that so many of the prayers seem to go unanswered. Another question, which is perhaps deeper, is does God have to answer every prayer that we pray? I think the answer is no. In fact, there are some prayers that God won't answer. And he says no, straight out. See, when we pray, God sometimes says no. Sometimes when we pray, God says slow. Sometimes when we pray, God says grow. And sometimes when we pray, God says go. So what happens when God says no? Why does God sometimes say no to us when we pray? Well, it seems sometimes our prayers are just completely inappropriate and they're not the prayers that God that we should be praying. God knows about us and we ask for things and they're not appropriate. I wonder, are there times when you might do that and ask for things that are inappropriate? You know, it, you'll remember when Peter, James and John, they were up on the mountain of transfiguration. This happened in, in Mark's gospel and uh, they, they were going up onto the uh, top of the mountain of trans, Mount Transfiguration and they saw Jesus suddenly transfigured before them. And then there was uh, around them, gathered right with them, was Moses and Elijah. And they appeared next to Jesus. And Peter and James and John saw this and they were in absolute awe. And Peter came up with this bright idea right there in the middle. And he says, hey, in effect, he says, hey, Jesus, you know, it's good for us to stay up here. Let's build uh, three shelters and let's live up here with these guys on the top of the mountain. And this is in, in Mark 9 and verses 1 to 13, if you wanted to read it. And Jesus effectively says, no, 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 uh, this is not what we want to do. You know, a mountain, uh, a cloud comes right down on the mountain and cuts off all conversation and surrounds the guys. And it's the end of discussion because in effect, what, what Jesus was saying is the idea is not that we stay up here on the mountain, but we go down where the people are and we actually have got a lot of ministry to do there. You know, we could have that too, where we could come and we could pray and we could ask for things inappropriately. We could say, God, it's great that we're here at church on Sunday. Let's just extend our services and stay together and let's, let's try and you know, not leave this place and have great singing and worship and just stay here all the time. And God would say, no, 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 no. It's great that you're here, but I want you to live out in this world and I want you to impact people like salt and be salt and light. Now, um, other people might pray, God, keep me safe, keep me safe. And God might say, no, I want you to grow. And so that's going to take some danger in order to get you to grow. And so he might answer your prayer, no, when you pray for that. Keep me healthy. No, I want to teach you some other things. And it's through that that I can show you these things. Keep me wealthy. No, I want you to trust me when there's not enough to go around, God might say. Another time, James and John came with their mother to Jesus asking if they could have the two best seats in the kingdom. And they said, you know, we want, we want to be in those seats. They wanted honoured places. And Jesus said, no. He says, you know, if you really knew what you were asking for, uh, there's going to be so much pain and so much hardship ahead. And he said, 
besides, you know, it's not for me to give those places. The Father gives those places. In other words, guys, your request is inappropriate. The answer is no. That happened in Mark chapter 10 and verse 35 to 40. And it's repeated the story in Matthew 20. Uh, so why does he say uh, no to inappropriate requests? I think it's sometimes because he just loves us so much that he doesn't want to give us things that are inappropriate for us to have. You know, some people who say, God, give me these seats of power or give me these seats of place. If we gave them those positions of power, if God was allowing them to be in those places, they might abuse it um, terribly. It might be a terrible situation. So God might avoid and say, no, I'm not going to answer that prayer. Uh, sometimes if we got fame, we, we might be saying, God, give my band fame so we could sell lots of records and make a great impact for God. And, you know, it doesn't matter how many times you mention God in the lyrics. If your motive is for your own glory, then God might just say, no, it's the wrong reason. I'm not going to answer Sometimes the one you think would make a great wife or a great husband, God knows is not the right one. He just doesn't answer that prayer, no matter how long you long for it. You know, we can ask for things and not even realise that we're out of line in what we're asking for. You know, they're not so much wrong motives. It's just we're just asking for inappropriate things. You know, we might think that we want them for the right reason, but God just says, no, um, you know, you're not really being sinful in that, but it's just not appropriate for what I've got in plan for you. And so God says no. So inappropriate requests is when God will say no. Also another time when God says no to our prayers is when we are stingy. Do you know... Um, the Bible often talks about the principle of give and it will be given to you. Sometimes we ask God for things that will benefit us and if God was to give them to us, we'd keep them just for ourselves and we'd never use it for others. And when we ask for that and we say, God, give me a lot of money or give me a lot of talent, but he knows that we'd only use that for ourselves. He says no. He says no. Because there's a principle right through the scriptures that says what you reap, you will reap what you sow. Galatians 6, 7 says, don't don't be deceived. A person will reap what they sow. Uh, Another verse in in Luke 6, 38 says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. It will be poured into your lap. And then Jesus says, for with the measure you used, it will be measured to you. If uh, I want God to answer my prayers and to bless my life, I need to be willing to bless other people with the things that he blesses me with. You need to be a, a, a channel uh, of God's blessing. And so when we pray and we pray for things that will only benefit us and if we, the things that God gives to us we're not going to give to others, then God's not going to give us more in that way. It would be like a man saying, God, make my business successful, but I'm not going to give you any of the offerings or the tithes that you bless me with. Please but make, my, make it really big, but I'm not going to honour you with the things that you honour me with, you give me with. 
It would be like a person saying, God, help me get more so that I can live comfortably, even though there are people all around me who are much worse off than I am. And I can help them, but I'm not going to. Do you see how ridiculous that is? God just says, no, why would I give you more if even the things you've got, you're not helping people around you that that are with less? I heard about a pastor in the middle of the wreckage of Hurricane Katrina and many people, Christians, came right across America and came to help uh, him and the people around. And many people were homeless, many people were hungry and they said, you know, how can we help? And he said, I need $400,000 to build a great church in this area. People were saying, there are people without any homes at all to live, without even food, and you want to build a big church building? In this time, sometimes we're stingy and we're praying for things, but we would never give it on to others. And God says, I'm not going to answer a prayer. I'm not going to give you something that's just going to benefit yourself. Inappropriate requests when we're stingy. And sometimes we just don't know why God doesn't answer our prayer. It's the mystery of unanswered prayer that... Sometimes we don't know why God doesn't answer. You know, Paul, the apostle himself, was uh, someone who could be entrusted with so much because he was going to give it away to others. He, he, he was someone who, who continued to pray and cry out to God for churches all around. He was a man of prayer, and yet he had a thorn in his flesh. And for whatever reason, God just chose never to remove that from Paul's life for his whole life. And church tradition says that he, he died a, a, a terrible death and yet he was one of God's most incredible servants. Why would that happen to Paul? Why would John the Baptist lose his head? Uh, why, why would uh, prayers not be answered the way? I, I don't know. God is God. God is good, but God is God. That's why in Isaiah 55 and verse 8, if you have that, we could turn to that together and just quickly look at that now. Isaiah 55 and verse 8. And and here in Isaiah 55 and verse 8, God says, My thoughts are completely different from your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than than your thoughts. We're not God. We don't know every circumstance. And sometimes our heart may break and then we cry out and we say, God, why can't you answer this prayer? We don't know the answer. My brother and his wife had twins premature, you know, born uh, about 26 weeks premature. And we prayed and we prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And one of those little girls now, beautiful little girl though, is she, she's uh, four years old and yet she still takes food through a tube and not through her mouth. She has cerebral palsy and and, and my brother, I remember my brother just saying to me, sometimes I just say to God, why? 
what did she ever do? And times like that, I don't know, but I do know God is good. And I do know that God's ways are higher than mine and I don't know the answer to that. But we trust God because he's God. Sometimes God says no. Sometimes inappropriate requests. Sometimes when we're stingy, he says no. Sometimes we just don't know why. But God says no. We can trust that he's good and he has the best in store for us. Well, sometimes God says slow. And this is the most frustrating time when you're at the bakery, isn't it? I mean, you sit down and you order your stuff and they give you that thing and you wait. And, I, you know, the buzzer will go off and you'll go, oh, and it'll be someone else's buzzer. And you'll be thinking, oh, no, no. <laughs> Some people ask for things that will, um, that, that, that God doesn't give an immediate answer to. And we hate to wait, don't we? We hate to wait for things. Some people say to me, you know, I've prayed and I've prayed, but God's not answering. And you say, well, when, when have you been praying? Oh, I started on Wednesday. It's already Friday. And we think, you know, God's not answering. I prayed and prayed and nothing happened. You know, Sometimes God does delay the answer in order to test our faith. You know those... Uh, machines that we see uh, where you just come in and you put your money in and you push the button and you select your item and out pops the thing that you've requested. You know, sometimes we treat God like that. You know, we think, God, would you please give me this answer to my prayer? And we put in the request. And when the prayer doesn't come out, we treat God like some vending machine that we actually kick and say, what's wrong with you? You know, what's going on? And sometimes God doesn't give us the answer that we want immediately because he wants to see whether we're going to trust him like a loving father who'll give us what we need when we need it. And he's saying, are you going to trust me like someone like that or are you just going to treat me like a vending machine that's going to, you're going to kick me when I don't give you a result? And he's, and he's going to say, are you going to trust me even if you don't see the results? Are you going to keep praying even when the results don't come through? I think of like Abraham and Sarah. You know, they were promised a child and yet they waited and they waited for that promise to be fulfilled. And when they were so old and elderly in years, God's promise came. They waited and they waited. But eventually it came. Sometimes God makes us wait in order to test our faith. And to build our faith. You know, I remember my, my pa, my mum's father. He was a guy who I remember finding in his drawer little smokes in, that, he'd, that he'd stopped smoking years ago, but he kept the smokes there. Uh, and he had his little pipe. But I remember he'd never come to church with us every time. He'd stay home and cook the roast. And my grand would come to church and she'd take us all to church and We'd come home and Pa would have had the roast ready and everything. But he was just never interested in going to church. And I remember them overhearing the, the, their conversations where Gran was trying to talk to my Pa about God. And, and, and I can remember hearing her talking in bed late one night to him. 
and just trying to share with him a little bit about God. And I remember thinking, my, my grand has been praying for so, so long for him. And I'll never forget when he was uh, 70 years old, uh, a, bit, a little over 70, where he knelt in the Baptist church in Mount Gambia and uh, cried, tears coming down this tough, rough uh, railway worker, pa, my pa. And as he was baptised, this answer of prayer that was nothing like a vending machine prayer but had stretched the faith of my grand in so much was answered. And what an incredible answer it was. You know, sometimes God delays an answer in order to test our faith. Sometimes God delays an answer so we can actually grow and develop uh, qualities such as endurance and trust and patience or submission. You know, so when God doesn't answer, then we've got to uh, keep on trying to endure, to trust, to believe that God is good. You know, this is what it says in Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. Don't throw away this confidence in the Lord, no matter what happens. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now. So you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Sometimes we come and God's saying, I just want you to patiently endure and you'll receive all that I've promised. Sometimes he delays uh, so that he doesn't give us what we're praying for, but that he'll give us so much better than what we pray for. You know, sometimes we say, he says, uh, no to what we're praying for, not right now because I've got something better in store. Uh, there are many times when this is demonstrated in our, in our lives. Um, I, I think of when uh, Jesus heard the news that, uh, Lazarus was dying and he said, no, I'm not going to go. He deliberately delayed going to, uh, over there to heal Lazarus. In John 11 is his story. Was he being uncaring? No. Was he being callous? No, he wasn't. Uh, the event was delayed by Jesus so that instead of healing Lazarus, he could show that not only was, was Jesus, you know, Lord over sickness and able to heal, but he was also able to raise the dead. And he came after Lazarus had been dead for days and he raised him from the dead. So rather than just a healing, which is incredible, but he was able to raise him from the dead through uh, the, the delay in the timing. You know, sometimes what happens is I pray for God to give me strength in a certain situation and I have to keep waiting. And sometimes I, I then pray more and more that God would give me strength and faith and trust in him. And I keep waiting and I keep waiting and I keep waiting and then I look back and I see that he's actually answered the initial prayer. Through all this time that I've been spending in prayer with God, he's answered my prayer even more than I could imagine. I have this closer relationship than I ever had through praying. And asking. So sometimes he delays to give us something far better. So, so far we've looked together when God says no, you know, inappropriate request. We're stingy. Sometimes we just don't know the answer. Why? Sometimes God says slow and we hate that. Uh, sometimes he says uh, this so that he can 
test, our, uh, test us and help our faith grow. Sometimes he says slow so that we, we can build character equality, such as endurance and trust and, and faith. Sometimes he says no, uh, he, he says wait or uh, wait down, slow, slow, because he wants to give us something even better. And sometimes God actually says grow, you know, not no, not slow, but grow. I want you to grow more and more. Um, what does he want us to grow in sometimes? Well, I think he wants us to grow in, pre- in ad- addressing our prayerlessness in our lives. Uh, James 4 and verse 2 says, You do not have because you do not ask God. Now, sometimes when things go wrong, people will come to me and say, You know, th- I've got this issue in my life and I need help. And you say, Well, who have you talked to? Well, I've been to counselling. I've talked back to my parents, I've addressed it with that, I've talked to this person, I've tried to do this, I've tried to do that, I've talked to this one, I've tried to change this attitude, I've put into place these habits. And then you say, have you prayed about it? Have you really cried out to God and prayed about it? And often the answer is, well, I, I could do that more. You know, I suppose I haven't really committed it to prayer. And often the last thing that we do when we're trying to ask, see God do things in our lives is pray. We run around and the last thing we'll do is stop and pray. Have you ever had someone say to you, would you pray for me? And you say, yes, I will. And you pray, but not very much at all. In fact, it's more like remembering that you're supposed to pray. And then we say, God, why didn't you answer that prayer that I didn't pray? And James 4.2 says, you do not have because you do not ask. And he wants us to stop and to purposely, fervently and expectantly ask him and pray. Prayerlessness can be why God says, grow. I want you to keep praying. I want you to keep praying. Sometimes unconfessed sin. Actually, this is one of the biggest uh, blocks to to prayer. And 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 this can when God says grow in this area, it's because of unconfessed sin. You know, sometimes we uh, have sin in our life that is not confessed and not taken to God, and it stops God answering our prayers and hearing our prayers. Isaiah 59 verse 2 says, Your sins have cut you off from God. See, our sin in our life can separate us from having a relationship where God is in fellowship with us and able to hear and answer our prayers. You know, the psalmist in Psalm 66 verse 18 says, If I cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. So some of us are... Um, you know, hating someone here. And then saying, God, why aren't you answering my prayer? Some of us are, are, are not at all reading God's word, not one bit. You know, we, we, we say, I'm not going to find out your will in my life or understand what you want me to do, but God, would you answer my prayer? Some of us are just full of Greed, pride, lust, and we know it. And God says, you, get your, get, obey me first. 
Come to me. Live in obedience. Living obediently to me is in matters, God says. So deal with sin. In Joshua 7, uh, there's a real identification of a real clear example of how sin in the family can cause great trouble. See, Joshua was crying out. He was pleading with God for a miracle, uh, a military victory after the crushing defeat at Ai. He was crying out to God and in the toughest way possible, God was teaching his people that if there's sin in the camp, if there's someone who's harbouring sin, it can affect the way God works and answers our prayers. God really, really uh, hates sin. And if you love, say you love God, and yet love sin, then it's showing that really you, you're not wanting to have a relationship with him. He says if we confess our sins with one another, then he's faithful and just to hear us and to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confess, unconfessed sin will block our prayers. And God says, I want you to grow. I want you to grow right through that. And you know another thing that can block our prayers and stop us from having answers to prayer. And God says, I want you to grow through it. It's relationships. The way in which we treat other people has a direct relationship, relational bearing on our, sin, on our prayer. It's incredible. You may not have even thought about that. Um, if you're offering a prayer at the altar, it says in Matthew 5, 23 and 24, and if you remember that you have a sin against someone else, then leave the, the, your gift there at the altar, then go away and make it right with God and then come back and give, uh, offer the sacrifice. So w- w- what Jesus is saying here is that uh, prayer is so important that God's not going to hear you if your relationships with other people are in tatters. Look at what it says. Uh, I, I wonder when we think about relationships, where would the most likely be where we can have bitterness and resentment against other people in our lives? often with the people that we love the most, isn't it? Often our husbands and our wives or our kids or our families. And look what, uh, look what the writer in, in, in Peter says, 1 Peter 3, 7. Let's turn to that together. Why don't we go there? Hebrews, James, John, 1 Peter 3, 7. 1 Peter 3, 7. 1 Peter 3, 7. And this is what it says. In the same way, you husbands must give honour to your wives. Treat her with understanding as you live together. You know, be, be kind towards her. Uh, really care for her. She may be weaker than you, but she's your equal partner in God's gift of new life. It says, if you don't treat her as you should, your prayers will not be heard. Isn't that staggering? So when I'm praying to God and I realise that Mandy and I might have some unresolved issue or I might be harbouring some little bit of resentment, it's no point. Stop praying, this verse is saying. Just quit it. Go and talk to Mandy and sort it out. 
And it's the same with you. Some people have been saying, why isn't God hearing my prayers? I pray, but it doesn't seem to get past the ceiling. And yet when we read that, we realize how important relationships are to God and how important it is that we treat our husbands and our wives in a way that is understanding and caring for them. We must have a right attitude towards other people. And that can stop our prayers. And, and God says, I want you to grow. I want you to sort it out straight away. Another reason for uh, unanswered prayer and when God says to us, I want you to grow, is selfishness. Now, in James chapter 4 and verse 3, uh, it says there that when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. You ask for things that are only going to benefit yourself. And you ask, it says, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And so some people say, I've been praying for a brand new Mercedes Benz and I haven't been getting one, God. You know, or I'm praying for this and that, my own needs. And God, you're not answering them. And God's saying, yeah, but that's because you're just selfish and you want your own things. Does that mean it's wrong to pray for things in your life? Absolutely not. Does that mean that I can pray for uh, right things but with the wrong motives? Absolutely, yes. Like you can pray that uh, our church will grow so that we can just say that we're the biggest church around. It's a wrong motive. Will God answer that prayer? I don't think he will if our motive is because we just want to be big. If, if we say, God, we, we want to grow, grow so that lives can be transformed and come to know you because we want to live for you, then I think God's going to hear that prayer. You know, if we say, oh, God, would you make me wealthy because the next door neighbours have just got a new boat and we need one too, you know. You know, God's saying, I, I can see that. <laughs> you know, sometimes uh, selfishness, God says, grow. And another reason when God says unanswered prayers happen is basically because of lack of, of faith. Sometimes we pray. We don't actually believe that God's going to answer our prayer. If some of our prayers were actually answered, we would be so amazed, some of us, that it would be dangerous for God to answer. You know, we might have a heart attack or something if God actually answered our prayers. And so lack of faith can actually cause us uh, to, to not have our prayers answered. We pray, oh God, would you do this? Would you do this? And then we just go away expecting God never to do it. If you turn to James chapter 1, James chapter 1 and verses 5 to 8, <coughs> talks clearly here, James is, is just hitting it right between the eyes how important faith is. He said in, in here, James chapter 1 and verses 5 to 8, if you need wisdom, and if you want to know what God wants you to do, then ask him. Ask him. And he will gladly tell you. He will not resent your asking. But when you ask him, be sure that you really expect him to answer. For a doubtful mind is, un is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. People like that should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. 
They can't make up their minds. They waver back and forth in everything that they do. Time and time again, God God says uh, that faith is important when it comes to pray. He says, you know, that if you have enough faith, it's just a mustard seed. You can say to this mountain, move and it will be moved. He he says that uh, if we cry out to him in faith, It makes all the difference. Some of us have been praying and saying, oh God, would you do this? But we really don't believe it. And God's saying, have faith in me. I am the mountain mover. I am able. So God says, sometimes no. Sometimes God says, slow. Sometimes God says, grow, like we've just looked at then. Why? Because we're prayerless because we've got unconfessed sin, because we've got broken relationships. He wants us to change it because we're selfish and because we lack faith. He says, grow. But every now and again, and quite often when we keep praying, God says, go. I'm going to answer that prayer. I'm going to give you exactly what you've asked for. And what a day that is. Sometimes I'm sitting there in the bakery and all of a sudden just buzzes start going off everywhere and there's happy faces all around. You know, the requests have been fulfilled and people go running up. And you know what? I love it in a church where people are praying together and saying, you wouldn't believe what happened. Just this week, my friend responded to Jesus. Just this week, we got exactly what we were praying for in terms of financial. We're right at the end of the tether, but God answered our prayers. Just this week, my child got courage and stood up and was able to face this day at school that she was so afraid of. Just this week, God answered a prayer. God loves to answer our prayers. He delights to answer our prayers. In the midst of the mystery of unanswered prayer, God says, come and pray. So let's pray together, shall we now? And it might be that as we bow our heads together this morning, uh, you might just want to take your blue card that you have and you might just want to hold that in your hand now as we come to pray. God, we want to thank you that you are a God who hears our prayers. You listen. And God, this morning, as we have cried out to you now, and as we've opened your word and as we've understood why sometimes you answer prayers and why sometimes you say no, sometimes you say slow, sometimes you say grow, and sometimes you say go, we say, God, we've realised that there's so many things that can be wrong in our lives but you're wanting to change. And God, right at this time, we just want to say to you that for things that we've done in our lives that have blocked our prayers, we ask your forgiveness. God, for times when we've been stingy, God, for times when we've asked for the wrong thing, it's just been so inappropriate. God, for times when we've not understood your answer and we haven't recognised that your ways 
are higher than our ways. God, for time when unconfessed sin has just blocked our prayers. God, we want to say we're sorry. We ask your forgiveness. And God, this morning, right now, in these moments, we just want to recommit ourselves to you. Re-give you our lives. God, you are the one that is all-powerful. You are the one that's all-sovereign. And we know that in your hands, our lives are in the best place that they can possibly be. And as we cry out to you, God, we know that we're just so secure. And that as we ask for your guidance and leading, you hold us. Thank you, God. You might like to just continue to prayerfully respond to God as we reflect on these words that we're going to have sung for us now.
Let's continue to pray, shall we? God, this morning we just recognise that we're in your hands. We give ourselves completely to you. This morning, God, some of us uh, realise that we've never actually confessed our sin to you and become your child. And this morning, if that's you, maybe at this time you just want to say, I'm giving my life to you, Lord Jesus. You might just want to take that blue card and, and tick on the back top left-hand side. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to come into my life. Why don't you just do that now and in your heart say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. I want to turn from my sin. I want to live the best I know how for you in everything as Lord is my life. If you want to do that, just tick that box at the top. And then for some others, there's people this morning who have been realising that sin has been just blocking their lives. If that's you, maybe you've been following Christ for many, many years, but you realise this morning it's time for you to make a recommitment to him. You want to turn from your sin. You want to live completely for him so that your prayers will be heard. Why don't you just tick this a spot there that says, I'm recommitting my life to you. And God, we just know that as we put our trust in you today, that you're able to do more than we could ever ask or imagine. And we call on you, God, to do the impossible, to work in our lives, in our church, in ways that bring glory and honour to your name. In Jesus' name. And this morning, God, now we, we come, your people, and we give our offerings to you. God, would you take these? God, would you take the gifts that we give you and use them for your purposes and your kingdom? God, we give now thankfully. We give now willingly. We give now knowing that you don't want us to be people that hang on to what you've given us, but to be those that use what you've given to us to bless others. So take, God. Take our offerings. Take our lives as we give now. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to worship God now with our offerings. And it might be just at this time you'd like to just complete those cards and put them into the offering bowls as they come round. And um, let's continue to worship him now as we give. <laughs>